Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa. They are the world's greatest football team, as everybody knows. Today we begin a new series called Rivalries, where we speak to fans of rival clubs. And first off, we're joined by Christian Irwin, a Sheffield United supporter, to look back at what went wrong for the Villa in what was a turgid display at Bramall Lane. Welcome to All Villa No Filler. I'm your host, George Zielinski. Rasheen is away on parents' evening duty today, but lifelong villain Frankie Maguire is here. Hello, Frankie. How you doing, George? Good to see you. Good to see you too. And hello, Christian. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, George. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, uh, so, Frankie, if I start by asking you uh, what went wrong for Villa at Bramall Lane last night? I think the word frustration is what you would use to sum up yesterday's display. You know, I thought largely we were on top for almost the entirety of the game. Um, I thought we were the better team. Uh, got very, very lucky with a red card. Uh, that I think was, I, I just don't really think it was a red. But um, we just couldn't take our chances. And it fell perfectly into Sheffield United's hands because they get that goal. Um, they sit deep and defend. They're a really hard team to score against. And our attacking in the final third just wasn't there. It was a lot of crosses into the area. It was quite predictable. Um, it was it, it sort of played into Sheffield United's hands at that point. And um, I, it was a game where, I mean, every team in the world would miss Jack Grealish. It was a game where we really did miss uh, Super Jack. Um, I just feel it was frustrating that we weren't a little bit more creative going forward, that we didn't try and be a bit more inventive than just consistently lumping it into the box. Very frustrating game, particularly after we played so well against Leeds. It was a big opportunity uh, and we didn't take it. Yeah, we, we are very much hit and miss currently. I mean, we have been, particularly after Christmas. We just haven't um, had that uh, air of consistency. And we seem to be struggling against the teams that are, you know, towards the, um, the, uh, the bottom end of the table. You know, teams like you know, Brighton, Burnley, now Sheffield United, teams who are kind of scrapping to stay up in the, in the division. We just can't find a way through. And it was definitely mm-hmm. a game where we really missed, um, you know, Jack Grealish's guile, kind of his inventiveness to try and find a way through, which was a bit of a, which was a, bit of a problem. But Christian, from your perspective, um, a rare Sheffield United win. How did that, uh, how did that look for you? Well, I think it was uh, it was nice to get a bit of the rubber green against Villa after uh, after the point you gained against us last season for the goal that never was. And, it was a great and save. Yeah, great it, was save. <laughs> it was a great save. Nine hundred fingertips, wasn't it? Save of the season that was incredible. And then and then earlier this season we obviously had John Egan sent off. I think yeah. in the in the very first fifteen minutes, and um, I think we had a bit of a bad decision against us last night with Jagielka being sent off. But um, I think for us. It was a, um, a a proper Sheffield United ground out performance back to the old Neil Warnock days last night. And um, uh, we, we've missed that this season. We've had a lot of close games. And I think last night um, we didn't look a particularly strong side going forward. We haven't looked strong all season, but I think it was the first time we really put in a proper defensive performance. And I think actually the, the sending off may have actually helped us get over the line last night because mm-hmm. it forced us to a different shape. Yeah, it was like it was like um, it was like ten Sean Beans in Sharp, wasn't it? They were all uh, <laughs> they were all they were all you know really they were fighting for each other. When when you saw Villa uh, last night, did you think we were 
predictable. Did, did you at any point fear that we were going to make a breakthrough? Because to me, it looked like we, we just lacked that guile, as George said earlier. You'll probably remember last year, Frankie, we watched the game together at Bramall Lane, didn't yeah. we? And, and yeah. how the tides have turned in 12 months. I think we were, the, we were the strong team on the rise, pushing for Europe, and you were at the bottom of the league at that point. But I think last night, you, you, you came across as a, a real classy um, side. You've got some real kind of creative players. I think you did miss... Uh, Jack Grealish last night but I think you you, you ran out of um, ideas I think was the right way of describing it the, the, the style of play never checked we just kind of parked the bus towards the end mm. and I think there was frustration creeping in there wasn't anyone really to just break through that last line and uh, I don't know I think you you've made some really impressive signings in the last in the last 12 months um, I know you didn't have all of them on the pitch last night but I think it's it's amazing what a transformation from 12 months um, Villa have gone through. And um, I think quite a good side to watch this year as well. I think it's quite, it is quite incredible that we've had some sort of like freaky Friday body swap experience <laughs> where, yeah. uh, where ever, si- ever since that, you know, controversial Hawkeye um, goal that wasn't a goal, but should have been a goal um, moment. We've gone in, you know, completely different directions. Um, and, you know, we're, we're playing with the kind of free flowing, attacking prowess that Sheffield United showed um, last season, which hasn't been replicated. I think Sheffield United have just been really unlucky. It has been said by commentators all through the season that, you know, although you're bottom of the table, you never get, you never get heavily beaten. You always put in a shift, but you just don't get the kind of the luck or the, or the, or the, um, you know, the, the kind of things going your, going your way. For example, like, like the, the sending off yesterday. I mean, in other games, in other teams, maybe that wouldn't be a red card, but it seems with Sheffield United at the moment, those sorts of decisions are very much going against you. Um, is that, is that how you, how you kind of feel as well, that it's kind of just that you haven't had the rub of the green? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I think I don't want to blame it all on the rubber of the green. We we started the season badly. And I think when you start a season badly, you're on the back foot. And uh, whereas you can go into a game with a bit more kind of confidence that you've got points under your belt, by the time you go into two, three, four games into the season, you know you've got no points in your bottom of the league. You, you start to become a bit of risk averse. And I think you, you start to um, be cautious about going too far up the field in case you concede a goal because you might struggle with where we're going to get our goal from. So I think there's been a bit of a mindset issue where because uh, we, we've been on the back foot from the start, we've been very, very protective and uh, reluctant to do what we did last year. I think last year we came into the league full of confidence, yeah. um, um, playing well, and we just carried on that momentum. And I think this year, because of the bad start, we've kind of gone backwards. And a few things haven't gone our way, and we've lost a lot of players through injury. Um, which has been a problem for us. And we, we didn't make a single sign-in in the January uh, transfer window. And whereas um, I, I was mentioning to, to, to Frankie via text last night, um, you, you've made some really positive signings, And mm. I think um, we haven't quite had the, our signings haven't quite had the same impact. If you look at uh, Watkins versus Rian Brewster, both paid a similar amount of money, and look at the return you've got on him versus what we, we've got we, we, were, we were we were we were linked with Brewster as well. Yeah, we were, yeah. Had some surprisingly uh, iconic and, rem- and memorable games in recent years between Sheffield and uh, and Villa. You had the three three, which was just incredible. You know that three, those three goals in the last sort of eight five to eight minutes, or whatever it was. Oh, in the, um, in, the cha- in the championship, yeah, Billy yeah. Sharp's got a hat trick, and then Green scored. Yeah. And then I, I remember, um, I mean, obviously the, the Nyland, uh, the, a brilliant save that was last at the end of last season. Yeah, just keeping great it over the line. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> and then also um, I saw a very interesting Twitter thread yesterday 
that showed the trajectories of Aston Villa and Sheffield United since the first game of the season when we won 1-0 and Lundstrom missed that penalty. He did. Yeah, he did. And also you had that red card early in the game and you saw it, 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 was, a very, it was a very interesting throw where you thought maybe it has had an effect. Maybe if you just scored that penalty and hung on and won 1-0, Villa's confidence wouldn't have been there for the next few games, which we went and I think we won four in a row. And Sheffield United's confidence might have been up. You might have been thinking, yeah, we can, we can carry on here. So I don't know, do you, do you think that, that loss at the very start of the season and the, what happened in that game has had an effect on what's happened to you for the rest of this season? It's a sliding doors moment, isn't it, really? That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, those if 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 in that game we we sneak that penalty in, we hold on, we we win one nil. We've got three points on the board after I think game two or game three. Was it was a game one of the season. I can't remember what the game yeah, was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah first game yeah. of the season for us. Yeah, it was, and, I think, yeah, and you've got you're off the mark then, haven't you? And then you can kind of relax a little bit and play your own game going to the next few games. So I think yeah, it's and uh, and we finished last season. Um, I think we were on the verge of Europe. Uh, with three games to go, and mm. we lost three on the bounce towards the end of last season. I think we were in a bit of a rut from that. Um, didn't particularly have a strong pre-season, and um, yeah, and then just kept going down and down from them. I don't think we won a league game in nine months. Something yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely a sliding doors moment. Um, but I think last night was probably the first time they came out on the pitch thinking, well. We're probably going to be in the championship last next year. There's no, there's no pressure on us now. Mm. Let's go and see what we can do. There's nothing to lose here. Uh, let's give it our all. And I think we, it was quite a close first half. I thought yesterday. I think it was. If you look at the kind of the the shots and target and the and yeah. the present, it was quite. It's quite a good first half. I think quite balanced. I mean, the second half, the sending off completely and utterly changed the game. Um, to be honest, it wasn't a fun watch for me that second half. No. I just kind of every time you came forward, I just looked away and just thought, well, when are they going to score? Because yeah. we've only kept a single clean sheet all season, yeah. um, and that was at home against Newcastle when we won one nil. So it was a, it was a, it was a pretty tedious second half. Uh, you guys, I think, had something like seventy-eight percent of this possession yeah. in that second half. But I was, I was just going to say, just from a Villa perspective, I know in the last episode we talked about team selection, and I remember we beat Leeds obviously one nil, and we were thinking, okay. Let's stick with the same team. It's a it's a winning team. It's 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 you know yeah. let's give them let's give them another game. And and we were both kind of like okay, that's fine. And then inside sort of five ten minutes of that of the, of the game against Sheffield United yesterday, I just thought Le- Leeds and Sheffield United are just very different prospects. Yeah, um, yeah. They they operate in different ways. They play in a different way. Uh, they're in different um, you know positions in the league. And um, I just thought we. Unfortunately, looking back on it in hindsight, I think it probably was the wrong selection. Um, probably, yeah. I think it. Pro- I think it probably was. I think, yes, it's a game where we probably should have taken it a bit more to um, to Sheffield. Um, it's but it's difficult, you know. We just got a great result against Leeds, and it's it's difficult to say right. Well, let's change this winning team now that we're playing Sheffield. But um, yeah, I think it. Yeah, probably what it probably was a game where we needed a little bit more attacking impetus. Obviously, we missed Jack Grealish, um, and maybe he could have brought Marvelous off a little bit earlier. Um, a, a defensive midfielder, we didn't really need one after about an hour. But yeah, it's 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 just a, it's just a big missed opportunity, isn't it? And I think we're a team that's growing. We've come a long way in a very short space of time. Um, yes, it's really frustrating. We've had a lot of results like this this season. 
but um, it's something to improve on, to grow on, um, and to, and ultimately next season is when I think we should be saying to ourselves, let's dream of top four. Let, let's, let's dream of it. Why not? And um, if we can learn from these kind of games, learn from these results and work out another way of breaking down teams like Sheffield, it can happen. You know, the dream can happen. All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Now it's time for a new section where we ask our rival fans a spicy question. Today we ask you, Christian, about Aston Villa's wonder player, Jack Grealish. The Euros aren't far away now. Do you think he should start for England? Obviously, Villa fans think it's a no-brainer, but what do you think as an outsider to the Villa? Uh, I think it's a tricky question. I, uh, I Personally, I quite like him. I know he's, he's one of those players that rubs a few people up the wrong way. Um, uh, it might be have something to do with his hair, maybe Frank. Um, but um, <laughs> um, I, I, my, my personal view is that um, I would start him. He he offers a bit of creativity, a bit of something different, a bit of a bit of arrogance, and um, nobody quite likes arrogance. But I think when you're you're as good as he is, and you can have that kind of form of arrogance, and I think you've got to leave him on the field because he will do something. He will do something out of nothing at the time you least expect it. Um, I remember that game last season um, where we, we beat you 2-0 at Bramall Lane. And uh, there was a few moments where you were down and out of it, but Grealish just magic things out of nowhere. And that's the first mm. time I've actually seen him in real life. But he is such an athlete as well with it. And um, yeah, I think I think I would. Um, he needs he needs time in the England squad. He needs, But he offers that bit of difference. And... England are tedious to watch at the best of times, aren't they? It's, um, <laughs> yeah. it's quite a tough watch. And I think Grealish would add something that um, I don't think we've got and elsewhere. And he reminds me of a lot of the... Um, he's one of these players that divides opinion. Um, kind of, I'm thinking of other similar examples. David Ginola uh, can never get a place in the French team. And I don't quite ever know why. Yeah, it's a really he's good comparison, of, yeah. He's one of those magic players that can just turn a game on a sixpence and... Um, uh, but for some reason, often gets overlooked. But it looks like Southgate's now got him in his plans and he's played the last few games. So, yeah, it'd be good to see him there. Definitely, I'd like, I hope he's in the squad. I think, I think you're right. I think he's one of those players that every Villa fan would have him first name on the team sheet when it comes to England. But we're so blessed with attacking players, um, players that play in that position. And it also depends on the formation that Southgate goes with. So, you know, he, he tends to, whereas we play kind of him up in like a, like a front three um, you know, maybe Southgate might might think differently. He tends to play kind of wing backs as well sometimes with England, so that would that would mitigate where he would where he would play in an England shirt. And you know, when you've got like Rashford, Sancho, Sterling, players like that, that all kind of are in the same sort of position. And to be fair, they play in teams that are in the Champions League, and, and that could be a decider in terms of um, what Southgate wants to to see in his uh, his first eleven at the Euros. It's it's a yeah, it's a difficult one, but yeah, in my mind, he, he is he does offer something different. He is very um, he is very kind of I don't want to make the kind of tidal comparisons, but he is a bit Gascoigne esque, and, and he can do something that, that not many other players can. Um, so you know, I, I would obviously love to see him in it. He's an amazing asset to have because I think that like, you look at the England team, and it's it's just I thought in my head I know what it's going to be. Whereas with Grealish, I think he you know even if Southgate wanted to start him on the bench. Still, you know, it's the 70th minute of a game. 
England always get tired in the 70th minute. They always do it. Every tournament. Um, they always look knackered. A player like Grealish could come on, retain the ball, win fouls. From those fouls, you get free kicks. And then aside, you know, you get it in the area. Harry Kane's there to head it or whatever. And then Esri there. Esri Concert, of course, he should be. And then, uh, but then also Grealish offers moments of genius. Um, I mean, I'd start him, obviously, but I mean, I think he's an absolute world-class, incredible footballer. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's very, it is interesting to hear like an outsider's perspective because obviously at Villa, we hold him in such high regard. Um, it, it is just interesting to see what, you know, other England fans and non-Villa fans think of him. Mm. It's um, it, uh, one of the things I think quite interesting with Grealish watching him last year to this year. I think you had probably not the same strength of squad last season as you do this year, and he was kind of the the big fish in 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 a relatively small pond last year. And I think he had to do a lot more, a lot more digging, a lot more hard work to try and make things happen. I think yeah. seeing him on match of the day, the few times I've watched him this season, alongside uh, better players with a more dynamic attacking flow, I think you're starting to see even more out of Grealish because he can offer more when he's got the right players around him. So playing him with the kind of the, the, the level of players you get in an England um, kind of international level, I, I think he can, he can be a real world beater. And I'm, I guess it would be an interesting question to see how long he actually stays with Villa. Wow. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a touchy subject. <laughs> well, that, 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 is, that is an interesting point, isn't it? Because you, you, can, you could say that, I mean, I mean, last season, he, as you say, pretty much single-handedly kept us up. In fact, his goal against West Ham did keep us up. Um, so in a, in a very literal sense, he, he, he did. Um, but um, yeah, this season, you're right. I think he's kind of, he's had the support of better players around him. And you think that if he was, if he was playing with even better players and perhaps in a team that's... Our Villa, we'll sign the better players. We'll yeah, well, you know, when, when we're in the Champions League next season, it'll, it'll fit right yeah. in. But, um, but at the moment, if a, if a, if a you know, a, I don't know, I don't know, Barcelona or Real Madrid or Man City or whoever wants him or could afford him come in and just, I, I would be intrigued to see how he would get on week in, week out in a team that are kind of like elite what? He's he's in terms of his physical um, attributes. In terms of he's like a, a a Gareth Bale type athlete, isn't he? Really, he's that kind yeah, of. Good. Yeah. You talk of comparing to kind of like a, a Gascoigne. He's got that kind of capability. Whereas, he, but he's got he is an unbelievable athlete, which obviously Gaza never had. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. He, he needs to make a decision, doesn't he? At some point, it's it's great that he's being loyal to his home club and. I think he, he obviously loves being part of a club that love him. Mm. Um, but it's just a question of how long before he's tempted away, really. Well, I think that's, that's the, the dream for us is that we can continue to, you know, push towards something like the top four within the next year or two and that hopefully he'd be the man to make that happen and also attract players to the club. Um, that's our hope anyway, I think. Um, uh, but, and I, I, I stay awake praying that we never lose Super Jack constantly so you know. Do, you know do you know what it would feel like it would feel like if we lost him now it would feel like we did when we lost Dwight York players right. like that like players who were clearly you know top top players that could play at the highest level in the, in the in the league and if we sell him it's another indication like it was when we sold Dwight York that um that we're just never going to get there that there's always going to be teams that are going to be pinching our best players and we'll never we'll never reach kind of the the heights that we all kind of want to as unrealistic as it as it I, as it probably seems. I think I think we'll I think we can hold on to him I think we will uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dare to believe we can um, and I, I loved what Chris Wilder said about him as well you know saying he's the best English player and I hope we don't see him against Sheffield um, so who knows maybe there'll be a big Sheffield United bid coming in for him Christian 
Well, you never know if we manage <laughs> yeah. to stay up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lee Hendry played for you. Gary Cahill played for you. So, you know, you never know. It's a, it's a well-trodden path. Um, hey, Paul, Paul, Paul McGrath. He was a oh, he was a great signing. I know. I think he came by Derby County, but I used to love watching Paul McGrath. Yeah. Growing up, I was a centre back. You think, wow, I'd love to be as good as Paul McGrath. So that's our spicy question settled. We're all agreed that Super Jackie Grealish should be playing for England, and uh, if it's down to me, he'll be starting every single game. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this debate. Uh, you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com. That's allvillanofiller at gmail.com. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next league game now. It's against Wolves, a derby at home on Saturday. Frankie, how do we come back from yesterday's defeat against Sheffield United? Well, it's one of them games where it's probably well set up for us. You know, we're not necessarily the favourites going into it. And whenever that seems to happen this season, we tend to do pretty well. Um, ironically, actually, the team we started with against Leeds and Sheffield United would probably possibly be the right team to start against Wolves. Um, it's been a very attritional game the last few times we've played them. They're not in the best form they've ever been in. I mean, they just, got, they just lost 4-1 to Man City, though it was quite late in the game. Um, that they, you know, when they conceded a couple very late, um, but uh, their form's quite middling, um, not too dissimilar to ours. It's a game where I could, I could very easily see it being a nil-nil draw, to be honest. But um, as ever, I really, I, I really think we can win it. Um, it's, we're just going to have to be a little bit more creative in the final third. Who knows? Maybe Super Jack will be back. Could make a difference. The question will be: Should should Ross Barkley come back in the team? Should Sanson get his start? I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, Barkley was very much the scapegoat of the past few games when he was playing. You know, it was get him out, get him out, start Ramsey, start Nakamba. Yeah. You know, get him back to Chelsea. Um, and now, after our kind of insipid performance against Sheffield United, everyone's clamouring to get Ross Barkley back in the team. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it, yeah, it's it's a funny one. I mean, I mean, I I wouldn't mind. Seeing Barkley back, I think having a couple of games off will have done him a, a, a bit of good, in my opinion. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's been you know a, a bit of a kind of kick up the bum for him to kind of try and get back to that that level of form he was before he had that injury and, and, and came back and played in those games. Um, obviously, with Grealish's injury, as I mentioned before, it's been it's a really mysterious one. I mean, I have no idea how long he's actually going to be out yeah, for. So yeah. I'd love I'd love to see him play because clearly he was missed yesterday. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we said, our form's been so up and down. Um, we could, we could, it could be a team, the team that, that, you know, that beat Arsenal and Leeds, or it could be the team that lost to Burnley and Sheffield United. It's, it's very much up in the air. I could, as you say, I could easily, as you say, I could easily see that ending up in a, in a, in a draw myself. But now, like looking ahead, this is a question for Christian as well, actually. A player we've been linked with recently is uh, the Norwegian player, uh, midfielder Sander Berg. Um, obviously, Sheffield United signed him for a lot of money. I think a lot of Villa fans were quite excited at the prospect of signing him, um, although others were a bit more indifferent. Um, what, what do you think of Sander Berg? Do you, after what you saw from Villa last night, do you think he'd be a good signing for us? Yeah, I think um, I like Sander Berg. He, um, it, we were delighted when we signed him. It was a real coup, I think, for, for, for Wilder to bring him in last season. And, and we signed him when we were flying high in the league. And um, 
my only my only my only reservation with with Berg last season is he took a little while to kind of to 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 get used to Premier League football, and we changed our formation to try and suit him, uh, and it took a little while, and we took a bit of a downturn in form, but I think he he really started to turn a corner, and he's he's clearly a class act. Um, he offers a bit of height, a bit of strength, a bit of everything in there. I, I like him as a player. Um, this season, he started the season really well. He was obviously our, probably our best player uh, for the for the for the first part of the season, but we haven't seen much of him for probably the last two or three months because he's been out injured. Um, and I think the, the expectation is, I mean, he cost us best part of twenty million pound, and if we're going to go down. I can't see us hanging on to him, especially in the wages that he's on. So um, I think he'd be a great addition. He, he's a, he, he is a class act. And I think seeing him among, in a team of, of, of better players um, uh, would, probably, would probably do him the world of good. Um, um, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to someone like Arsenal, uh, to be honest. Um, I know they've been linked with him, I think, as well. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think what we've, in terms of what he would add, to our squad, obviously he's much more physically imposing than any other midfielders that we really have. Yeah. We have, you know, Luis McGinn, Nakamba. They're all quite sort of, sort of short, stocky players, but they're they're not. You know, he, he's quite rangy. He's very tall. He's athletic. He's big and strong in the air. I think our record from set pieces has been pretty poor. Yeah, um, been, you know, considering we have the likes of. Considering we have the likes of Conser and Mings, I mean, they might occasionally pop up with a goal from a set piece, but I think from set pieces, we're pretty toothless. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he would, he would, uh, he would be, immediately be someone who would be a threat in, in those sorts of situations. Um, and he's, he's, just a, he's just a different option, isn't it? I mean, you know, in the Premier League, I think against different teams, you have to kind of think of ways to beat them. Um, you have to look at, you know, the, the, the kind of players that you have. And, um, and he is different to what we have. So, so I think his... And he, you know, he does. He does look good from what I've seen. Um, sort of rare glimpses in his Sheffield United shirt, as you say. I think he probably did take a bit of time to to bed into what was going on at Sheffield. Um, but he's um, he seems to have found his feet there. He's, as you say, I mean, I haven't seen him since the start of the season. But if he's been your best player, then that would be good for any kind of you know team coming in for him. Um, he's obviously gotten used to the Premier League now a bit more, which is good. Uh, so yeah, uh, do you still think that? You know, there could be some incredible miracle escape <laughs> at this stage if you keep picking up points the way you did against us. Um, I think it, I think it's pretty unlikely. Um, I mean, we've turned a corner since Christmas. I think we've uh, we've won since since January. We've won four games in the league. Uh, we've won three games in the cup, and having not won for nine months previous, I think we're actually on a on a on a on a better run of form. Um, I think it's unlikely. You probably saw from last night's game that our goal-scoring prowess is almost non-existent. Although it was a very nicely worked goal by Goldrick, who's been a bit of a, a shining star from us. But that—that's kind of the, been the problem this year. Is that we've played decent football, uh, and last year we were we were winning games by one nil and grinding out a result. This this season we've been uh, predominantly losing games, and so last night was a nice turn-up in form for us. But. I think it's too little too late. Um, I think we're 12 points from safety, 11 games left to go. I think it's highly unlikely, but um, you guys did something quite remarkable towards the end of last season. So um, it'd be nice if we could follow suit this year. You've got a player called Frankie Maguire, a fellow Frankie Maguire. You know, I thought for years I would have been, because I lived in Sheffield for three years, I thought I would be the best Frankie Maguire who'd ever played football in Sheffield. I don't even hold that title anymore. So 
or maybe I never held it before, but hopefully he turns out to be the best player in the world, right? He turns out to be some sort of Lionel Messi. So people say the names Pele, Diego Maradona, and Frankie Maguire all in the same breath. <laughs> Well, I, I well, I was excited as you when I heard that we 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 had a player on our bench called Frankie Maguire. Um, <laughs> it's a shame he didn't get on last night. I think he was on the bench last night, wasn't he? It's, I haven't seen I haven't seen him in action yet, to be honest. Uh, I, I've heard really good things. He's been brilliant in our in our youth team, and yeah, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I could never deal with it if a Frankie Maguire scored against Villa. I, I couldn't handle it. I'd be. <laughs> do, 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 do you know what it'd be? You know, you know, like um, you'd be like that guy on Twitter, John Lewis. <laughs> who uh, for a long for a long time kept getting tweeted all these kind of like orders that didn't arrive, and he'd be like, "Listen, I'm not I'm not who you think I am." <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, you'll be that guy. So whenever Frankie Maguire has a terrible game for Sheffield United, you're going to get inundated with all this kind of vitriol. <laughs> I, should, I should probably put it up now, shouldn't I? Like on my bio, not the Frankie Maguire. Um, like Sheffield Wednesday fans just coming into my DMs, <laughs> sliding Frankie, into my DMs. You useless, not, mate. You're rubbish. You, you may not be the Frankie Maguire, but you're, you're, you're my Frankie Maguire. <laughs> okay, thank you, everybody, for listening. That's it for now. I've been your host, George Dolinsky. See you this weekend, Frankie. See you uh, this weekend, George. And goodbye, Christian. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Frankie. Thank you, George. And it's, uh, it's a goodbye from me for now. We'll be back at the weekend to talk over the Wolves game, as we mentioned. But until then, come on, you Villa boys from Aston. Yeah.